Hello and welcome to the Artist Contemporary Podcast, the podcast that champions contemporary artists, curators and galleries. Listen each week to hear me, Anna Woodward, speak to a different person about their experiences, their practice and what they're currently up to within the contemporary arts. Hello and welcome to the Artist Contemporary Podcast. So this week I am joined by my studio partner, Amelie Peace, and we're currently recording this this episode in our studio. And Amelie was actually the first person I told that I was going to be making a podcast with the Artist Contemporary. I also asked Amelie to be on it, and she has now finally come on the podcast. So how would you describe your practice? I feel like that's a really hard question, or I find it a hard question, because people ask you all the time, and... It, it evolves all the time, it changes all the time, obviously. Um, but mine has developed quite a lot, and lockdown as well has changed it, I think, this whole COVID situation. Yeah. Um, but really, I've always explored, uh, classic, the human, the human <laughs> form, but more in how we communicate with our bodies, yeah. how figures interact, and how, and that form of language. So the basically the psychophysical, it, it's in a, in the umbrella term, I think, for my work would be the psychophysical and how... How... Have our practices in lockdown changed and moved forward a lot? Yes, definitely, definitely. I think um, especially because the idea of togetherness that we lost in yeah. lockdown, of like people not being able to touch each other and not being able to communicate... In, in that way, in a physical way. And all of my work is about physical touch. Yeah. It's about how different types of people, what touch means to them. And now the idea of touch is very scary. Yeah, it's so different. I think also when, obviously we spoke throughout lockdown <laughs> most days and talking about how when you were still at City and Guilds, you'd often get, you take photos of different people touching and finding different shapes. Whereas yeah. then, obviously, in lockdown, you couldn't do that because no. no. first you'd be like to friends, can you just get a picture of you <laughs> hugging yourself? Or people, you couldn't get no. different people to go and do that like you were normally yeah. doing. But it was really nice, actually, because before I would really orchestrate my yeah. own imagery, I would, like, often ask people to do more theatre exercises and, like, how they would... And it would be very interesting actually to see how, if you, they knew each other, how they would move together. And if they didn't, or yeah. if they were together, or if they weren't, if they were a woman or a man, and how that would change the dynamic. That was a huge part of my research as well. Um, but during lockdown, obviously, I, I couldn't have those sessions with those people. And I had to just ask. I put out on my Instagram, <laughs> please take photographs for me. Yeah. Um, look at my work and explore that for yourself and it was really interesting to see what people were sent to me and people really enjoyed it they would send me a message being like this is actually a really great activity for me so that was also really nice to give them a, a moment yeah. do you think that's helped move your paintings forward through like you losing or not holding all the control of yeah. setting the image yeah, I think I was definitely much more focused on the in the photograph, the original photograph, yeah. which I distort then a lot. But throughout lockdown, my imagination fed a lot more into yeah. the work, and um, I've been exploring that, and that's been 
that's been really nice. It's been really nice to develop something different past that point as well. Definitely. And then how does your use of colour influence the meaning of your work? They're very acid, very intense, <laughs> fluorescent, which I actually only have started playing with really, really recently. Mm. But I've always adored playing with light, and I think that's where the intensity and in colour has come from. Yeah. But also the, the, that when you think of an intensity and in colour, you think of joy mm. as well. And it kind of contrasts with some of the figures' interactions. Yeah. Often there's real strangeness there and real uncanniness, which I love to play with. Um, I think it's also, obviously we'll talk about past works in a bit, but it's a very contemporary colour palette mm. compared to some of your older works, older works which, were yeah. a lot, which were a lot darker, whereas this is kind of these super... Plastic. Yeah, yeah, but also then push back. And I find, I mean, because obviously I've spent a lot of time looking at Amelie's work when I'm taking <laughs> a break from my own work. And sometimes I find it amazing. I'm like, how is that acrylic? Just the way you use it. And I'm like, is it watercolour? Is it oil? What is it? Yeah. And they are. People often get surprised that I use um, acrylic. I think it's because I also use it in a very watery way. Yeah. And so often that's why people tend to think it's watercolour or oil. But um, it's become a very comfortable medium for me. and uh, That's important though. Yeah, definitely. I think like the ones we're looking at now, we'll post it all like along with the post of the podcast. But they're becoming a lot... Your works on paper, that style of painting and the use of paper is now moving into the canvas-based paintings. And I think mm. that's really exciting and definitely a kind of step forward from where in lockdown you started making these lot more kind of bright contemporary paintings yeah. compared to the darker palette. And now you can't, you're bringing that into the canvas, the larger scale works. And I think that's yeah. really exciting. It's going to be great to see how they yeah. go forward. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm in real exploration mode because obviously working on paper is so different. Yeah. working on canvas and um, I, I, don't, I don't want to set off a formulaic work at this point right now I'm no. just enjoying it so much and also it's really nice to see that others are too really enjoying where I am at this point in my yeah. practice and that's, that's very exciting I think it's also it's maybe because we haven't had that typical end of degree show finish mm. that we have I think both of our practices have changed a lot during lockdown from when we left the studio back in March and maybe it's because we didn't have that structure finished being like this is your practice you now need to go and do it we've mm. kind of had more time to keep exploring and developing yeah definitely um, and not being stuck in stone being like but we sold all this work so we've got to keep making this yeah yeah I also um really think that even though we've lost we lost a lot yeah um I also think that it's a community has been created on online um, to support all every every creative at the moment specifically visual creatives because through Instagram and I think that's been really special to see people reach out definitely I think there's a lot more community now and it's different it's a new it's a new world for everything but there's definitely some positive things coming out of it how have you found the transition from printmaking to painting 
Um, I was a printmaker to start with when in first year, I think, and um, specifically because of the contrast in light. I think for me, light is just the what I'm drawn to the most, and I it feeds into it that my characters are very stylized. Mm. There's very much. Um, and the mark making that I use as well in printmaking has carried through into my painting a lot. Yeah. It's a process that I enjoy also because it feeds into the end result. You're not, it's not just, um, even though paint does in the same way, but printmaking has much more control over um, where your work can go Yeah. in comparison. And so I, I enjoy that. But... Um, Unfortunately, at the moment, it's, it's difficult to be doing printing, but it's definitely a big part of who I am as an artist as well. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see when you do get the chance to go and do some printing, mm. how this kind of new... But then I guess like actually your paintings are a lot more now like your monoprints, mm -hmm. and how now mm -hmm. it'll come together and what yeah. you will produce in the print studio will be really exciting. Yeah. To see how they come out. Um, how do you create your images within your painting? Well, I guess we, of sad, yeah, yeah. we kind of discussed it um, already. Um, now it's changing and there's images that I search online, specific words that I search out, um, and I distort them myself and then draw them, and then draw them even more distorted on my paper and then transfer onto a canvas usually. Yeah. Um, through drawing a lot of drawing definitely. yeah you're definitely super drawing based in yeah. the process and do you think that helps you then distort the yeah. image because you get to know it more and you spend more time investigating it yeah also it's kind of automatic there's just forms that just get distorted more than others it's strange like it feels like my hand kind of does it sometimes I want more distortion sometimes I want less but then parts of the body in my work get distorted like hands yeah I mean also because they're such a huge part of the huge part of symbolism of touch in my practice just in terms of well first of all touch but also the importance I give to to the hand the hand that makes the hand that builds like my hand through yeah there. um and also they're quite expressive they're not a face they don't have the expressions mm. that we have but they speak a lot yeah. where they're touching, how they're gripping, what they're holding, all of that is super important. Um, they always play a really key, key role in my work. Do you ever add in more hands than there are in your source imagery, like for your distortion and stuff? Is it something when you're making your drawings that you're like, okay, I need to make mm. this sometimes, a bigger feature? Sometimes they are like, they are the stepping stones. So they are the... The, the markings that I then build the rest of the composition around. Yeah. But I don't usually add more, but I consider them a lot when I'm drawing, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, no, they're so, they're so interesting. I think the balance between the figures and... Well, kind of, I always think of your work more having, like, beings in. Yeah. Like, they're not a human, like... Especially, the, like, the works on paper. Mm. The moment they're kind of... They're becoming less human and more kind of yeah. these people inside Amelie's head <laughs> put onto a canvas or a piece of paper whereas the hands are always more human-like yeah. apart from the scale sometimes yeah. <laughs> I mean 
also they're often very much connected there's huge connection like they often don't part it's very rare to have a space between the figures where they are not touching yeah um they're always separate different beings but also one so which feeds again into the this togetherness idea and the importance of a community of and, of, and of being together how um, important is beauty within your paintings in the classical sense not very yeah um not at all but i do think like many other creatives i think that's what creators are also here to do is to show beauty in things that the mainstream would not would not pick out yeah shed light on on things that aren't typically beautiful yeah but Looking at, at things that, that, that have way. beauty yeah. so certain interactions certain certain colors certain forms and anything i think so beauty beauty in an idea beauty in my source material as well but maybe yeah. not in a classical sense. not in a classical yeah do you think your use of color especially at the moment in these lighter turn tones is influenced by beauty in your like choice i think they definitely um feed from this intensity of visuals that were constantly being fed yeah they definitely obviously come from what we're all being fed constantly online of like advertisement trying to sell you this trying to sell you that this whole digital beauty. this whole digital thing um not intentionally actually but um like bright lights and bright screens and all of that but I think also because I like intensity yeah so I think that's also why for me I'm drawn to this color and especially now because they create such an intense like you can see you can see one of my paintings from like miles away yeah. and be like what <laughs> I think so. also the contrast within the light of how you go from this these really light washy areas into these areas where it's just so strong yeah, and bright dance. and dense yeah. yeah really brings the like the beings out of what was the biggest thing you learned at art school um i think for, technically um it was etching yeah um i'd never done that before and that's a skill that i'm so grateful that i that i have now um but also i think uh, open creative discussion um, that's something that can be quite difficult Yeah. and I think it's very important to learn if you want to be a, pra- a practicing artist in, in your professional future um, but also I think the sense of community that was in, in City and Guilds which is where we both went to yeah. there's a real sense of community and support there definitely and I that think across ideology, the board as well yeah that ideology of supporting fellow arts instead of stepping on each other for success I think I'm really happy that I that and not got to learn but got to experience, experience and yeah. to feel like I can believe that that can happen and that's within how the community act. Yeah. yeah yeah no I think it's important I think also it's the from City Girls we're so lucky that it, you get so much time with the tutors mm. and you get to know them as people mm-hmm. and not and as individuals and as creators mm-hmm. rather than just yeah you don't feel like a number you feel like an individual artist you feel like they take you as one um treat you as one <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah no it was great and then how did you find graduating in this wonderful year? 
We kind of went through it a little bit. Yeah. A little bit earlier. Um, I think I've, I've, it was hard to not have the, the end, the final thing. You've done three years. It's always been put as such a big deal to finish yeah. a degree. And you, or I finished it on my couch, stressed out to be giving in my assignment. And my my mom just gave me a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> the end point. Yeah. So I think in that way that was sad. And um, I guess some people might say some opportunities were missed from not having an end of year yeah. show at that point, culminating to that point. Um, but I definitely have a lot of faith in um, continuing and sharing and organizing new things to make yeah. up for that for that time and during during lockdown actually lots of things professionally came up for me which I didn't expect at all that I don't know maybe would have happened if yeah. I'd been at school uni <laughs> I still say school I always refer to it at school um yeah I think it is it was a shame definitely yeah, a very, shame. very sad but um but I think it's also on. it's what yeah you move on and it's what you make of situations yeah, and the importance obviously it was really rubbish to not have that big finale that we saw happening like yeah. for the previous years of graduating but we still have in our year group like such a good community yeah and yeah and I think also like people now maybe like we spoke about it, being more motivated to go and do stuff ourselves because yeah. we've missed out on. Mm-hmm that form of opportunity so we're kind of maybe our year this year of people who are graduating yeah. will be more motivated. eager and motivated to yeah. go and make things happen because they weren't given the degree show mm. and it's just yeah a different it way depends. of doing things everyone has reacted differently but i feel i i feel like it was not as bad as i thought it could have yeah. been i feel quite strong at this point which is good definitely let's hope it's yeah. good what do you think the biggest thing you like real obviously when you're in art school it's kind of not a bubble but it yeah it's yeah, it's yeah. 100% what do you think like the biggest shock to you from like going from the art school bubble to now having your own studio yeah making work not having tutors about um I think actually it's more I guess I knew these things already but awakening to a part of the art world which saddens me um, which is the more elitist um, behavior and dampening behavior of some creatives that that I find a shame. I really feel like we are we are not supported as much as we should be creatives yeah. in in the world, and I'm not just saying in this country in the world. And I find it a shame when when sometimes people step on others to, to get to different places. But I but I feel really happy because you share it all with me and I share it all with you and um, the close I people think, that I'm getting to yeah. know actually are really supportive. I think it's also it's who you choose to spend your time with and surround yourself with creatively. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're going... Obviously, everyone, everyone does want to use the word maker... Mm. but like it doesn't really explain that it's like not the best nicest term yeah yeah succeed and it's just if you're if you surround yourself by nice supportive people whose work you're passionate about like their practice and you support each other it's gonna be great but if you're all if you personally act like you've got to yeah isolate yourself yeah yeah 
and like not share information I think we definitely yeah. like we're always like being like let's do this or da 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 like we yeah. know this person you should be that's because we're both very proactive yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah I don't know I don't think there was that much of a shock of things I feel like I kind of knew a lot of the realities yeah. that were I think and also it's there's still early days I'm still very happy to be going in all the time and yeah I guess in some ways as well we have this weird easing in to it because because we had to leave our shooters so we didn't have so by the time we graduated we hadn't seen the tutors for a while three four months so it already been that transition of making work independently yeah without having someone to be like exactly what do you think what do you think I should do yeah already kind of build this independence yeah which is good which artists most inform your practice do you think <laughs> that is such a hard question. I knew it's why I should ask it. <laughs> oh god. Are we talking contemporary or anyone? Or anyone. maybe contemporary is it's the artist contemporary podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Could maybe be helpful. Um, Joanna Piotrowska is an artist that I absolutely adore. She did a show, um I found her I found out about her two, three years ago where she had a small solo show at the Tate Britain and she's a photographer and uh, has her work definitely is a lot about the body as well Yeah, and she constantly inspires me, I love her work but also a contemporary now is Sarah Slappy yes, who um, blows my mind every time, my dream is to own one of her paintings yeah. <laughs> 100% and then also um, who else, that? Danica Lundy who makes very very intense, very realistic cakey figures again Yeah, <laughs> um, I love her as well do you think you mostly look to figurative I do, Artists. I do, I do, which makes sense. Yeah, but I think it's because I connect with a, 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 seeing a figure in a way it it reflects on you. You can yeah. you can relate relate to it more easily because it's like oh I look like this, this looks like me. Mm. How how does this speak about my experience? But also because I make figurative work, obviously the more inspiring things that yeah. I I. I automatically will go to will be figurative does not mean that I don't and do you think the female representation of yeah figurative I, is something because obviously all those artists mm, you said were yeah, female artists which is I hadn't even thought of that but yeah that's true that's true um I think I think also it's the same I guess you're drawn to like your what's more similar to you which yeah. is I mean is good and bad, but I think in terms of contemporaries, there's so many famous male um, modern or more historical creatives who built who built a world. Yeah, um, it's the new world now. <laughs> and I feel like it's very important to put forward female. Yeah, and these are very contemporary. These are definitely you know, still. It's like last night I was watching the new BBC Four like program by Katie Hessel about the exhibition art I may say it wrong Artemisa yeah I think at the National Gallery yeah and it's really interesting and it's a really good program and it's saying how through the exhibition they quite often compare her work to her father's work where Mm. she worked in the same studio and that's where she trained and then they would quite often 
depict similar religious stories and I haven't gone to the exhibition I really want to go now yeah. but how he represented them and how she represented them and, and how yeah and she'd quite often portray the women as like the heroines of the image and they're yeah uh, they're living their own reality and how she would often use her body and her face portrait to represent these women because women weren't allowed in the life yeah studio and class and stuff and it's a really i feel like you've really connected watch the documentary and then go see the exhibition which is what i'm gonna do but that's also not that's also not just like a female and a male artist that's a that's a female and also a different generation of a male artist yeah so that's also very different i mean there's many there are many (laughs) other artists that i adore but i guess those are the first that came into my mind dana schutz as well no there's so many It'd be endless. It'd just be yeah. like, <laughs> it'd be an hour of you just listening, being like, this person, this person, this person. Yeah. <laughs> Which may not be as interesting. No. Um, what's the most memorable exhibition that you've seen? <laughs> another, another, another one of those questions. Well, first of all, that, that one, definitely that one by Joanna Piotrowska for sure. Um, recently or before? From any time. Mm. Um, oh, okay, talking about a male artist, prob- more problematic maybe, um, there was a show at the Courtauld, I don't know, five, six years ago? When you're on foundation, do you reckon? I, I think so, I think so, of um, Egon Schiele's drawings. Yes. And uh, I... Because there was also an Egon Schiele at the RA, wasn't that, around a similar time, but big words, I, I think. think. Yeah, it, this I may be wrong. I could be lying. I, yeah, I, I don't, I, yeah, I'm not sure. I I feel like I would remember because he was always uh, an artist growing up that I absolutely loved and adored. And then when I grew up, I found out a bit about who he was personally, which then kind of clashed a little with with my love for his work. But yeah. when I fi- finally saw his works in the flesh, um, completely, yeah, in all. I think it's amazing when you go to an exhibition you have one of those moments and you mm. see the work and you're just there and you're like, oh my goodness. This, this is, is what I do. The, this yeah. is why I do what I do for, to, to give others that feeling. Yeah. To give others that moment. And it, um, you just, I find you, when you go to exhibitions like that, you're sitting there, you're like, just take me to the studio now. Like, I just want <laughs> yeah. to make work and yeah. drop everything. Yeah. Also, there was a small showing, and I don't know if it's still there, the British Museum of Kathy Collowitz's prints who I also is one of my idols. Yeah, I thought you would have said her on your yeah. list. Yeah, there you go. She's like in <laughs> That's what I was like. Now. I was like, is she going to come up? <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, Amy, we have shared the studio together. This is our, like, second year. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just, like, a massive stalker of Amelie. Like, these are your artists. <laughs> yeah. So, no, yeah. That, I think you can even see her prints at the British Museum. You can request to see them if anyone is interested in that, which you should be because she's... Amazing. She's a goddess, yeah. Which like contemporary emerging artists at the moment are really inspiring you? Like it doesn't have to be related to your practice. Do you just think, yes? <laughs> oh, shall we talk about emerging? Because I've already spoken. Yeah, about like emerging artists. Um, actually, Elsa Roy. Yeah. Um, her paintings absolutely blow my mind i think her the way she empowers female sexuality or not even just female sexuality 
through her really explicit paintings, I think is wonderful. And I think it's not just naked forms. That often people paint and draw the naked form and think, yeah. I'm taking back sexuality and I'm... D-. But actually, she's doing it in such an explicit way, um, such an, a, a unique way, yeah. that I haven't seen anyone before. And I, I, I really, really love it. I really love it. I think it's also with her work, it's the subject, which mm. is so good seeing a young female artist yeah. representing Attack, those yeah, and yeah. challenging and bringing the conversation up. And it's the colour palette in itself is amazing. And then yeah. it's the skill in the way that they're painted. Yeah. yeah and like, yeah. if you don't feel comfortable looking at the subject matter, then just like focus on, on the way they're painting. And they are yeah. amazing. And there's so much yeah. skill in it and the way she like picks up the light yeah it's well, so yeah. interesting I also there's also a huge part of non-binariness and that yeah. feeds into it which I think is really important actually because um, um, I, I approach that in a really subtle way but I love how non-subtle she approaches yeah. that matter like for me it's very very it's there but it's subtle whereas for her it's extreme and I love the extreme I love the intense yeah it's direct. There's no like, oh, maybe there's this going. It's not on ambiguous. It's it. straight to the point. It's straight to the point. It's and it's an important, important imagery I think to be putting out there. Your work right used now. to be a lot more sexual. Do you think yeah. that's something you would bring back into your um, work? Maybe. I think at the moment it's not maybe a place that I am now. There yeah. is There is like sexuality, obviously. Yeah. In the and the colors also play a lot in that in where some colors lie so cheeks lips knees the edges of of body parts ears yeah. that um, are highlighted by certain colors sometimes um, but in a more explicit way like I used to it's not where I am now I don't think um, but perhaps in the future. In the future, yeah. see what happens. Yeah. So what are you currently working on at the moment? How would you describe your paintings? <laughs> How would I describe them? Um, I think it's just a continuous development for me. Yeah. I mean, we've spoken about the work in general. Um, but I'm just, yeah, I'm just exploring. Exploring from the work that I started during lockdown, it's kind of just an exploration of, of the, those colours how to lay how to layer the paint how to work with this new color palette and uh, composition it's always the same it's just do you think you're exploratory into different surfaces and materials like doing large scale paper or go back to doing really large scale canvas painting well linen 100%, paintings 100% um, large scale is a place I feel very safe in yeah I love I love working large scale um for now, I've got so many little things that I'm have to make work for. Yeah. That I think it's not um, my priority yet. Mm. But I think later. it's also storage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Storing large paintings mm-hmm. is a mission. A struggle. Yeah. I already have too many in here. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of. This is the problem. We are both. We make big paintings mm-hmm. and. I feel like we're fine at the moment. It's just where are we going to put them when we're all finished. Yeah. <laughs> um, what projects are you currently working on or exhibitions do you have coming up? 
So I'm organizing, I'm like right now discussing with Aurea Steiner a show that we want to put together, but it's difficult right now to find a space that can be concrete about yeah. timing. Um, so that's very much, but that's more in the new year. That's not very, that's not recent work. And then, yeah, in the new year, there's projects that shows that I'm organizing, but that's definitely still not happening right now and then there's a few online things that are coming up for me one with charlie disick charlie siddick <laughs> through purse lane and um then there's another one yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you think curating like that side of projects you'd rather you'll start getting more involved in curation yeah I guess I I I'm what I enjoy for me it's not actually the curation for me. it's it's putting a show on and bringing artists together yeah so I don't have that much experience with curation myself but um it's really just more bringing an idea together and bringing a community together because I don't want to wait around for specific galleries or places yeah. to, to give me opportunities I want to create my own and I then also can help others in doing so that's also why it's exciting yeah and you know that because you do the same it's I what, think it's also what I do is I love working with other people because I think sometimes it's like an artist when you're making your own work it's quite yeah. a solid solitary yeah. experience and it's it just is. you and then you can come and do you can be in the studio all day and then you can go meet someone you can talk about a project where you're working with like five different people yeah and it's just yeah it's wonderful it gives you that like, human interaction <laughs> yeah <laughs> which we need at the moment yeah which we need so much of yeah <sighs> thank you so much for this no thank you for coming on oh um, it's nice to have these chats with you I know it's so nice I feel like also we have all these chats like in the studio it's nice to sit down and have <laughs> a chat with structure about everything that you're up yeah. to and what's happening within your yeah. work but yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. I look forward to the next one. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the Artist Contemporary podcast. Remember to check out the Artist Contemporary Instagram and to subscribe to the podcast to keep up to date with all the episodes, artists and exhibitions that are posted on the platform. Mm-hmm.